This episode of Talking Football is brought to you by Nectar CBD. CBD helps provide relief for anxiety, depression, and other health issues. So whether it's helping you focus on a hard project or helping you fall asleep after a busy day, which I definitely know about, Nectar CBD can help you live an elevated life by alleviating some of the biggest distractions you face daily. That's right, everyone. So head over to NectarCBDProducts.com and use our promo code TFP15. Again, that's NectarCBDProducts.com and our promo code TFP15. What is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? It's been a little bit. COVID-19 is affecting all of us, especially whether you're sick, whether you've been working or you've had to continue to work because you are an essential employee. We appreciate you. Everyone, if you are not, nothing against you, just freaking stay home. Stay home, mind your business, enjoy quarantine because you you would enjoy it beforehand, but now that you're forced to, it's like, ah, man, now I don't want to. Just do it. It helps out. Teresa and I, we do apologize that it's been a couple days uh, out of normal for episodes. We've been – our both of our jobs require us to kind of help hospitals. Uh, I'm a healthcare recruiter. Teresa is an engineer, project engineer here that helps build tools. Teresa, am I saying this right or am I messing it up? You you pretty much help build a tool that is saving lives, literally. Uh, yeah, that is correct. Yes. So um, I am and been working crazy hours. And so it's been my fault that we have not done it. Not Austin. So you guys can blame me. We all know Austin's the favorite in this podcast anyway. So let's just bring on the heat here on me. But that's totally fine. Right. But to Austin's point, let's stay home, everybody. Let's do our part. Um, just because you're not feeling it. I know everybody's like, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, we hear this all the time, right? Just because you're not feeling it, if you're younger, it doesn't mean you don't have it. doesn't mean you can't hurt somebody else by having it. Um, I I sent out a couple of tweets the last the last couple of days about this and because it's just been like now that I'm working on this more and more, it's kind of like hitting me harder and harder. And like – so the first one is – and this is going to go into April, right? Like the realistic thing is this is going to go – or sorry, into May. Sorry, it's, it's April right now. It's going to go into May, like on the first and second of every single month. Like if you're not like needing food desperately, don't go to grocery stores. When people, people with food stamps, like they get recharged their accounts on the first. So first and second, that's when they're going to go and get food. And we all know how like grocery stores are like, they don't have everything. They don't have all the types of foods that we're normally having. So they were probably scraping by for probably the last week or two that they may have not been eating sometimes. So one, let's be respectful of that. And two, uh, this is the one that's like getting me the most is, and everybody uses it. I hate the word social distancing. It bothers me very, very much because it's not social distancing. It's physical distancing. That's what we need to do. Um, for our mental health, we should 100% be social. We should be doing Skype calls. We should be doing Zoom calls. We should be doing Twitter, Instagram, whatever, right? Because like, our, we're not, we're all not used to being at home 24/7. Like, we're just not used to it. It's hard enough on us. Like, we got to be able to continue talking to our friends. So, Austin, maybe we should do this a little bit more. Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we need to take a break from saving lives. No, just kidding. Not gonna take a break from that. Uh, the last couple of days though and weeks have been nuts. Uh, work-wise, it's been crazy. Uh, Teresa and I, we talked for probably close to an hour before we decided to hit the record button. What we should have done was just press record and sat there and talked. 
maybe people would enjoy that a little bit more than us just kind of rambling on because I'm sure some people just want to hear someone else's voice outside of the people that are within the four walls of their own home or wherever you are staying. So, Trees, let's actually just go ahead and get into this episode then. We're here. We're together. This is awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of us. Uh, do we have a tree civia or do you want to get into around the laces? No, we do have a tree civia. Ooh, look at you go. I know, right? Okay, so um, sorry, I don't know how to word that. Well, I have a I have an int- a very interesting stat, but I don't know how to word it. So I'm gonna go with the next one. So who allowed the lowest catch rate last season with a minimum of 75 targets against them? Corner wise. Uh, defensive back wise. Uh, Byron Jones. Byron Jones negative. He is actually not even in the top 15. What? Yep. Holy cow. Uh, AJ Bouye. Uh, no, actually not him as either. Oh my gosh. Jalen Ramsey, of course. <laughs> not in the top 15. You are kidding me. I'm not. Let's throw like a Charvarius Ward out there. He was number two. There we go. I knew. Yeah. I know he had a great season last year. I just didn't want to be that guy and say him right off the bat. But I, yeah. I know that he had a good year last year. Forty-seven point two percent. That's yeah. very, very solid. We traded an offensive lineman for him. He was on the practice squad for the Cowboys. That's amazing. In Vice, we trust this man is something else. Richard Sherman is he even on that list? Uh, he is not on my top fifteen list now. What about Quentin Dunbar? He also is not on the list. Oh, my God. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, of course. Number seven. Marcus Peters. He is not uh, – yes, he is. Sorry, 11. Marcus Peters is seven – or 11. Jeez. Okay. Uh, is Casey Hayward Jr. Chargers corner? He is not on the list. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe Hayden? Joe Hayden is number 10 on the list. Okay. What about his counterpart, Steven Nelson, another former chief? Uh, no, he's not. Oh, my word. Okay. Uh, Jair Alexander, I know you're a fan of him. Sorry, who was that? Jair Alexander. Oh, yes, I do love him, and he's number nine on the list. There we go. Marlon Humphrey, another guy you're a fan of? Yep, and he is 15 on the list. Ayo, uh, Shaquille Griffin. Good one. 14. Okay, uh, Adoree Jackson. Uh, no, not on the list. Tredavious White, that's a name I've forgotten about. AFC. Yeah, yeah, he's number six on the list. There we go. Um, uh, Troy Hill. Uh, no, he is not on the list. Okay. I think we're starting to get to some very tough names that I don't know if you'll actually guess. Um, there's a few still big names left, but I'm gonna just Denzel go- Ward. Denzel Ward is number three on the list. So I'm still missing number one. You are. You're never going to guess it either. Just Carlton like. Davis, Jonathan Jones. Carlton Davis is number four. Uh, Kenny Moore. Uh, No. Son of a bitch. Tremaine Brock. Nope. Nikel Roby Coleman. No, but... Uh, that was a big signing, which we don't, actually don't have on our rundown, but that's a big signing for the uh, Eagles there. Very much so. 
Okay, go ahead. Let's hear it. Number one, Trey Herndon for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is the guy what? that re- he is the guy that replaced Jalen Ramsey. So he's better than Jalen Ramsey. So this is what I've been saying. <laughs> that I, fucking smile. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like what I was saying is like I th- I can't remember who I was talking to. I think it might have been Kevin Williams. Like we were talking, he was like, oh, what about C.J. Henderson at nine? I'm like, I just don't think they they need a cornerback at nine because they really like Trey Herndon, and this yeah. just proves how good of a season he actually had. And that was with him not getting any reps as a starter in preseason training camp all the way up to week five when this all went down. So um, they still obviously need another one. I'm not saying that because they, because of everything that's happened, but um, so Trey Herndon is number one. Uh, another guy you missed out was uh, Lattimore was number five. Oh my gosh. Uh, Janoris Jenkins was 12 and Darius Slay was 13. I think you got everybody else in the top 15 though. Dang, that's disrespectful that I list. I left off those three names. Yeah, those were the, yeah. I, I mean, I could see why you left off Janoris Jenkins, but Slay and Lattimore for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I overlooked them on the list that I looked up this time around. Because <laughs> I was gonna, <laughs> I was listing off corners that I was not gonna be re- remembering. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. dude. I got a who am I? I got a who am I? Okay. Sorry. I didn't tell you this. Done that. All right. I. It is two people, two players right now. We we are currently teammates in the NFL. Okay. We both scored our first college touchdowns in the same college game, but we did not play on the same team in college. Oh, shit. Did they play on the same team? They play on the same team in the NFL, and they are superstars. Okay, so superstar teammates in the NFL, they did not play together in college, played on separate teams, but they scored a touchdown, their first career touchdowns in the same college game. Are they both offensive? There's one offense, one defensive. They are both offensive. Oh, fudge. Okay. Um, and they're t- uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Yes. I saw yeah. that the other day. Yeah, yeah. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw it on Twitter and I was like and I actually, it was from a big this one was from a big account, so I was just like, I wonder if he saw this. If not, like I want to I want to post this and just see if he if he'll guess it. Hey, that's that's good though, because I almost forgot. I had to do a lot of thinking there. That yeah. was that was some panic thinking. If it wasn't <laughs> for me, all this work I've been doing lately, my brain not be cl- might not be clicking this fast. But hey, I'm I'm on one today. Yeah. Um, am I a shitty football fan that I didn't know that Tyreek Hill went to Oklahoma State? Uh, no, I don't think a lot of people realize that because it was one of those things where he went there, uh, and I, he did well. It just he then got in trouble, and it was just like everything got erased. Like right. Just, Totally right. Like that's that's all I remember him about in college, just that he got in trouble and all that. So I'm like the actually where he went to school didn't even come across my mind. So so I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't know who he was in the draft. Like when the Chiefs drafted him, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know his story, nothing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think that a lot of people did. So because I mean, right. a lot of it was just no one talking about him either. But yeah, that's another story. That's a different time. We're past all that. 
it, it appears that we've heard the true story on all of this. So you haters can just keep on walking. We don't need to listen to you. Let's get to around the laces. Alden Smith moving on to the Dallas Cowboys on a one-year deal. The Dallas Cowboys, man, uh, they're staying busy on the defensive line. Let's just go ahead and go to another guy that they signed, Don Terry Poe. They are getting size and speed along that defensive line. Hey, they're going to be one of the best defensive lines next year. Can't wait to freaking see it. Yeah, they really are going to be fantastic. Uh, the question is, is the whole Alden Smith thing, man, hasn't played in years. Obviously, was one of the best edge rushers in the NFL for a few years when the Niners were on top. Like he was averaging, I think, like 13 or 14 sacks a season. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he went downhill there, but now he gets a chance. One year, four million dollar deal. It's kind of a prove it deal. Like if if it's something bad happens, it's low risk for the Cowboys. So it's you know a great signing for them. But if he becomes anything, man, with him and Lawrence, that could you're right. That could be very dangerous. And Carson Wentz better look out. Yeah, I really. I mean, everyone in that Daniel Danger Zone Jones. Oh my gosh, Daniel Danger Zone Jones, tongue twister there. Uh, he's got to look out as well. I mean, that pass rush is gonna be scary. And then you put Don Terry Poe in the middle, a guy we've seen have some athletic ability on the offensive side of the ball with his time in the Chiefs. Uh, he now goes to the Cowboys to America's team. Uh, that's still what we want to refer to them as. I don't think they should be, but, you know, apparently they are because they got a star on their helmet. That's another story for another day to me uh, on that subject. But that's good for them. Um, another team who is really just kind of building up their defensive line, the Baltimore Ravens. They added Derek Wolf as well. Uh, talk about a, a scary defensive line filled with size and strength. That defensive secondary is very impressive. Humphrey. Peters, Thomas, I mean, holy shit. Like, these guys are not messing around. No, they're really not. And, I mean, they are really trying to make Vegas make them the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, even with how good the Chiefs are just with the moves they're making. You know, like with Campbell and with this and all the other moves that they're making, like it's going to be hard to not put them as that favorite. Obviously, I think the Chiefs will end up being there, but uh, – They'll be very close behind. But they signed Wolf because of the whole Brockers deal that fell through. Yep. So two big deals fell through, and that was Brockers for the uh, Ravens and then uh, Denard for the Jags. Two deals that were reported to be done, and then when they went to go sign it, uh, the two you know sides could not come to an agreement. And a lot of that is because – Players can't come to facilities and do physicals. So there's a lot of like language in the contracts about injuries and whatnot that these players are not agreeing to, and then the teams are not agreeing to. So two, just two big-name players I, I consider um, in this free agency that just are left. Um, and then Brockers ended up going back to the Rams. So um, he'll be back with them and uh, try to keep that defense af- afloat there in L.A. Yeah, uh, speaking of L.A., a lot of changes there. I don't think we talked about this. We don't even have it on a rundown. There are logos for the Chargers and the Rams. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about the Chargers. We did talk about the Rams a little bit uh, last episode. So it's ugly. We know that. It's really bad. Uh, there's that thread that you you tweeted out a few times that I love looking at where it's just like post better better logos <laughs> below and there's just thousands that are better and it's just, awesome 
who the hell did they hire? I mean, not nothing against that guy, but like or girl, or exactly, excuse me, to that person. Nothing against that person, or nothing against the per to the designer. We'll say that. Just leave it out there. How do you want to be referred to? The designer. Uh, the Chargers, though, love the way they're handling things. I love the way they presented it with a stadium look, so you get to see it that way, how it's going to look on the big board. Uh, their Halotron that they had that's inside and outside, that looks fucking legit. Um, and then the, just the way they present it on social media. I'm a huge Chiefs fan. I love what the Chiefs do on social media, but if I had to pick a team that I think has one of the best social media presences out there, it's going to be the Chargers. I love watching their hype videos, their edits that they do in between weeks, like in between games, what they do for players, how they interact with fans and other teams. They knock it out of the ballpark every single time. The Chargers, freaking killing it social media-wise. The Rams, maybe you guys should look next door and try what they're doing because what you're doing stinks. Let's move on from this. What else do you want to talk about here, Trees, on this list? I'm just going to let you pick. We're just going random today. We are going random. I've been wondering what we're, what we're doing here. So, um, I mean, I'm going to just be the classic guy that's going from the top down. So, Justin Herbert, he is doing FaceTimes just like all other prospects are, right? Lots of Zoom calls, lots of FaceTime, Slack, Skype calls, whatever they can do to get a hold of these people and have face-to-face conversations. And one of the big ones is the Raiders. He has met with the Raiders, I believe, numerous times, actually. And so um, that would be interesting. And, I mean, I would, again, we'd hate to be saying, we told you so. But, I mean, we've been on this train for about four months now saying they need a splash. If they are going to Vegas, they need a splash. And Derek Carr may not be that splash. What if they have an opportunity to get a young quarterback in the draft what if one of these guys ends up falling to 12 or what if they package a 12 and 19 to move up a little bit just to get that splash um so it would be interesting Uh, i think that's actually a good fit for him uh i think that i i am a herbert fan um and i do believe in him but i also believe you can say this about anybody that they need to be in like a good situation but like i feel like he kind of needs to be in the perfect situation to succeed, which maybe you don't want to have draft a quarterback in the top 10 that has to be in the perfect position, right? Like that, that is worrisome. But um, I think it it's most about the offensive coordinator, not so much even the skill players or anything. It's the offensive coordinator that will really take advantage of his strengths and his weaknesses. I think the thing with Herbert to the Raiders is going to be how he handles uh, John Gruden, how does he handle his attitude and the way that he talks to his players in that relationship? Because, I mean, we've heard the stories of him not handling pressure well in Oregon uh, as a younger player. Then he goes back, uh, performs well, and now we're talking to, again of him in a top 10 pick here. Uh, I think the Raiders, what they messed up on this year, this offseason, was not trading Derek Carr. I think they should have done that either way and just made it known of, we're going to get a quarterback. Whether we end up with Herbert, whether we end up with Love, we are going to get a quarterback, and we're going into Vegas with a new face. Because we've you've pretty much rescaled your offense anyways. You've already done that to your defense. Let's just do it to the offense. I mean, John Green, you have another eight, seven years here. Let's roll with it. Let's see what happens here. 
I think that would have been awesome for them. They could have gotten picks for Derek, excuse me, for Derek Carr. The Bears, they're the team that messed up as well. I understand going and getting Nick Foles, but if you're going to move on from Trubisky, why not go get a guy that you know would come in and just tear it up in your offense? Not yeah, saying can... that Nick Foles won't, but I feel like Derek Carr is a lot better than Nick Foles in my mind. Yeah, just don't disrespect Ryan Pace. He made a fantastic move by going and getting uh, Nick Foles, so let's let's not disrespect the man. For year-end, yes. <laughs> All right. Tomato, tomato there. Um, all right, so let's see. We've been talking about this for a while. Why is Clowney not signed? Why is nobody wanting him? He is the top edge rusher. Edge rusher is a premium position. And it was like, well, the guy's asking for $20 million. There's basically one defensive end in the NFL making $20 million right now, and it was the Cowboys that probably overpaid Lawrence by just a little bit. Uh, so there are reports that the Dolphins offered – Clowney $17 million on basically day one, which we talked about last episode of free agency. He said no. And now his reps came out yesterday for those of you listening and was saying our asking price is now 17 to $18 million. <laughs> um, so sure it is good. Good for you. Uh, I'm starting to be a true believer that uh, Clowney may sign a one year deal. Yeah, I think yeah. he's, I think he screwed himself in the pooch here. Like, yeah. that's that's a tough thing to do, especially when you were getting 17 right out of the gate. Like, hey, that's a lot of money a year. Like, that's more than receivers at this point, uh, more than running backs. Why wouldn't you take it? Yeah, it, it's hard. It, it, it's very, very hard, and it's interesting. I mean, I'll just move on to the next subject as well, which is Yanni Kangakwe, right? It's like, these two, like... They go hand in hand, right? So, like, I think somebody has to sign Clowney for then the trade market for Yannick to boost that much higher. Um, but both of these guys were are for sure expecting $20 million, and it's not going to happen. And it's interesting to me. Um, there are reports that the Jags offered Yannick $18 million last year. So, um these guys, I think that they just overvalued what they thought. And I, you know, in their minds, I'm sure they're like, hey, quarterbacks, they have every single time a quarterback gets a new contract, they bump higher and higher. Same with the running backs. We've seen it with all the all these guys, right? So they're probably like, oh, our position is going to be the exact same. But it's not. And it's very strange to me because why is edge rusher not getting valued like how a running back is obviously they're getting paid just as much but like i mean like jumping up like how the process does with the other positions well i think i think running backs have kind of screwed themselves 100 uh, yeah i think that mark is pretty much gone outside of saquon barkley but with the defensive ends i think it's just i think people realize you can almost substitute it in a way is yeah that like a, a I think some teams realize a pass rush isn't going to make it or break it for you at times. Like, yes, it's nice to have, but in other times it's just kind of a, hey, it's cool to have a good defensive end, but can we find a guy or another two that can come in and give us the same production throughout a game than this one person that's going to suck up 15 16% of our cap to one position when we already have multiple other stars on our team? I think another name that we didn't mention here is Chris Jones. I think between those three, they're almost waiting on each other to sign a deal to figure out where their market is. 
because one, they don't want to screw themselves, but they don't want to screw the other guys either because whatever that market gets set at, they know they can negotiate off of that and help themselves as well. So mm-hmm. that in a way kind of helps everyone make money. Like, hey, we realize we're the best at our positions, but with Clowney as well, it's kind of been known around the league that he's not a guy that tries on every play. Yeah, for sure. I think um, when you so, got that river going, it hurts you. Yeah, that's also true. And you have to wonder is because O line play is probably, I mean, at one of the lowest points, right? Like, there's not like a lot of elite offensive linemen where you wonder if these GMs are like, hey, I can find these athletic freaks on the defensive line like later in the draft. Yannick Ngakwe is a perfect example, right? They got him in the third round, and nobody, literally nobody wanted him because they thought he would be a third down only guy, couldn't play first and second down. He's clearly proved that wrong and everything, but um, that would be interesting. Um, I'm As much as I wanted Yannick Ngakwe to stay with the Jags, it's clearly time for him to move on. I'm I'm over his tweets and all that stuff. Like, I get it. Like, you're not, you're not happy here. Like, they... What they did to you guys last offseason, like, I get it. Like, I, I don't blame him whatsoever wanting out or anything. But, like, at some point, it's like, dude, like, this has got to – like, you got to realize that this is probably a bad look for any GM that's trying to trade for you, too. Like, you're doing this. Like, why – what prevents you from doing it to them later on? Like, it's a bad look. And, like, we – you he keeps talking about how it's a business and he like, let him and his family go and do whatever he wants. Well – it's a business on their side as well where they need to try to get whatever they can for you. So they're just playing the cards that let, let's not forget your fellow, you know, players agreed on in a CBA, right? Like that, that's on them. Like, so like you can't get mad at the Jags for taking advantage of an agreement that was agreed upon on both parties. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, it's rough though. Like it's also I'm a little bitter because I'm I mean I'm I'm about to lose my two favorite players that were on the Jags in a very short period of time in the Jag with you know Ramsey and Ngakwe. So you hate to see it, and I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, let's go full circle here with Jadavion Clowney. It looks like the Titans are currently speaking to his representatives. Thoughts on that landing spot for him? Um. It would be interesting, that's for sure. It would be a really good signing for the Titans, and it, you know, you they'd have to be feeling very confident in you know making another run. But I also, I mean, I did also did say that maybe he signs a one-year deal. That would be a place that you'd sign a one-year deal, not a long-term deal. So if you're wanting that, sure, makes sense. But I. I don't know. I do they have the money without how they're gonna have to pay every like those I mean they just paid those two, right? The big two offensive players. I, I don't know how that would work. Do, are they gonna have to cut somebody else? I, I, I don't know their cap situation at the moment. So I don't either. But it, I mean it's all gonna depend on the market if he screws himself in the pooch once more. But uh let's go ahead and move on to our next uh quarterback here in the draft. Tua says he is one hundred percent healthy. Hey. It's good for a top five team there. Yeah. Dolphins trade up. Someone else want to trade up? Do the Redskins say, forget about it, we'll take them here? Very interesting, especially with him saying 100%. I'm starting to think that, like, maybe a Tua to Washington could be possible um, with this. And that video that came out this week, he looked 
fantastic. Um, obviously, it still comes down to can you take a hit and make the awkward fall? That's the biggest thing. Like, can you fall down without hurting yourself? Um, get tackled by is what I more mean, not just him just falling down by himself. But um, it's huge. He's he's a lock for the top four at this point, in my opinion. Somebody will trade up, even if it is the Dolphins just trading up to four, like just trading up one spot just so nobody else wants to trade up with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously the Giants don't need one, but if they trade up, it would be, we don't want anybody else talking to you guys during this 10-minute window and convincing you that they should jump you. So, um, huge for news for Tua. I'm happy for the kid. That's awesome. And um, it's going to be very interesting. It's crazy that the draft is three weeks away. Seriously, especially in the mix of everything that's going on. Uh, Laramie Tunsil, apparently him and the Texans are working on getting a deal done here soon. Do you think this is something that's done before or after the draft? Um, I think this is after the draft. I th- this feels like a right before the season starts. Like it happens during training camp. One of those that he probably isn't holding out. He's actually there and everything, but they just get the deal signed while he's there. Yep. Uh, Antonio Brown works out with Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown today, uh, or yesterday, excuse me. Possibility of Antonio Brown landing in Baltimore. That would be crazy for that offense on what they already have to that defense and what they've done. That would add tremendous speed, uh, athleticism to that offense, gives Lamar Jackson another weapon, uh, a weapon that he can throw the ball down the field to and have someone to go up and get it. Antonio Brown has shown that in the past, but do the Ravens of all teams want to deal with that attitude in the locker room? Do they have enough leadership there already to kind of combat that? Or do you think the Steelers are kind of like, hey, you do not want this in your locker room? Uh, I don't think that the Ravens want any part of this. I think it was more of a Antonio Brown was with his cousin, Hollywood Brown. And so they both just went and worked out with Lamar Jackson. I think that's more of what it was. Uh, I think it has nothing to do with anything there. And I don't think he's going to go there. I, I'm not going to say I'd be shocked if the, uh, if AB was on an NFL team next year, because talent just seems to outweigh everything in the NFL. But I also still would be a little surprised if he's on an NFL too. I wonder where he goes. I mean, ultimately, just kind of the, the landing spots of people that would be willing to deal with his shit uh, and annex and all of that. Uh, speaking of a team staying in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals move on from Kirkpatrick, their corner, saving themselves $8 million. Therese, what are your thoughts on this, on a losing more secondary help, which, which we've obviously talked about them needing? I wonder if it makes them want to go back and get uh, Denard back now that he backed out of the Jags deal. Like, do can they get Denard in there back and then they just save money with uh, Kirkpatrick's being gone? So, I mean, for me, it's like, hey, you're saving some money. You're getting some older players out of there. You're getting your team younger and uh, you're trying to make a run. So, uh, obviously, they'll be looking for DB during the draft, uh, probably in those middle rounds. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and now the bulk part of our episode here and what we want to do. Top five draft order. I kind of just want to talk about the top five teams here in the draft, what they've done this offseason, how does their potential draft pick that everyone's just kind of mocking to them, how does that help and where does that put them at next year? Do they end up winning their division through the draft, after the draft, in free agency, or are they kind of in a similar situation next season? First on the board, the Cincinnati Bengals. 
pretty obvious Joe Burrow is going to be the pick here. <clears throat> Therese and I have been praising how good their offense is, their wide receiver core, how good Joe Mixon is, how they're rebuilding their def- or their offensive line. You put in Joe Burrow, that's a good situation to be in. That defense, we've talked about their defensive line being the strength. We've talked about how they need help at the linebacker position. Let's go ahead and go over what they've done this offseason here and then just kind of roll through on Treese what your thoughts are on what they'll be this next season. So they went and signed DJ Reader from the Texans. They went and got Trey Waynes. That helps at the secondary. We've talked about that. They brought back A.J. Green, which is huge. They helped along their offensive line. They went and got McKenzie Alexander, another corner. So they're clearly helping out here. Linebacker-wise, they went and got Josh Bynes from the Ravens. They are clearly seeing what we're doing, what we are seeing. Another pick that we thought was huge that they got this uh, free agency was Von Bell, safety out of New Orleans. Kind of an overlooked signing that I don't think got a lot of recognition like it should have. This helps his defense out tremendously. Now you know in the draft, go get another linebacker. Go get yourself a young, speedy linebacker that is smart. And I think this team is pretty damn good here in the next year or two. I 100% agree. And it would be amazing for them if a guy like Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen fall to that second round pick for them. And then they could get it there. So you get Joe Burrow with the first pick. And then in the second round, you get one of those two. Uh, in the end, I kind of think they both end up going in the first round because I think they're both talented enough to be in the first yep. round. But like that would be a dream scenario for them. Uh, we'd love to do the dream draft on this podcast, which we'll do in a few weeks. Um, dream scenario. That could be one of them. Uh, we'll see what we do there. But uh, I think I've, I've been vocal on this. I think that the Bengals take second place in this division this year. I think that they are making huge strides. Um, that is no disrespect to the Steelers because I think the Steelers are very, very good. I just, until, until I see Big Ben like, in pads and – actually throwing the ball and practicing and stuff like it's hard for me to say the Steelers um you know come September when we're getting or August when we're getting ready to make our predictions this might change but as of right now as of April 1st April 2nd whoever's listening to this win um I have them at second place in this division I think they're going to be very talented I think that Zach Taylor is going to put Joe Burrow in fantastic positions and like you said Joe Mixon is fantastic, and he's going to take a ton of pressure off of them. And uh, Jonah Williams coming back. Yeah. People keep forgetting. They didn't even have their first-round pick last year play. A top-10 pick. Yep. So, yeah, I I think they're in a great spot. Happy for them. A team that is picking second, Washington Redskins. We'll just say they're drafting Chase Young. That seems to be the obvious pick here. Freak defensive end, one of the best college football players last year. Could have won a Heisman if he doesn't get suspended. I really think he was on track to do that with the amount of sacks that he had. Redskins have been pretty busy this offseason. They go and get a guy that they traded a couple years ago in the Alex Smith trade, Kendall Fuller. They go get him. They bring in a safety. They got offensive line help. Uh, They got Logan Thomas from the Lions. They signed Peyton Barber from the Buccaneers. I completely missed that signing, I believe. Uh, And then they also signed Cody Latimer and then Ronald Darby, a corner from the Eagles. Um, And then they have a couple more picks here. They don't have a second-round pick, and they don't have a a six-round pick either. In my mind, though, I feel like you need more help if you're the Redskins. But then at the same time, 
I don't know how much of last season was this them dealing with too much noise in the locker room with Trent Williams, trying to figure out with their medical staff, their front office, their coaching staff. I think last year was just a huge mess that didn't have to do with the players as much. This year, I think they've helped their offensive line. Their defense, I think, is a little underrated. You get Haskins in there. They showed to have a good receiving core last year. I'm not going to remember them off the top of my head, but I know we've talked about it before. They got size, they got speed, and they got route running. They have a tight end. I Actually, they do not have a tight end. I think they just lost him. My bad. Yeah, you're talking about Jordan Reed, but yeah, yes. they they did release Jordan Reed. They did sign one though, but uh, yeah, they they need tight end. Like they just need offensive line or weapon help. Like Terry McLaurin did fantastic, right? Um, running back, they're damn good at, right? You know, like with an AP and a Geis and all that, it's like they're good there. But I feel like they need more weapons on the offensive side, and I think that they go pretty heavy there. I think that they know that they need to get. Haskins weapons. So, okay. Bottom line, where do you think they rank at next year? Are you think they're back in a similar situation next year's draft, or do you think they kind of put it together and they're picking more in the middle middle of the round? I would say they're probably closer to that like eight to ten range. So still in the top ten, but they do make improvements. I do not think that they're a top three pick next year. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. So that is it for the Redskins. Next on the board, Detroit Lions. Hey, talk about a team that's been staying pretty freaking busy. They have signed offensive line. They've signed defense. They've gotten a backup quarterback. I mean, multiple linebackers, receiver. Uh, holy smokes. Like, let's just keep – like, they have signed so many flipping people. I feel like they've been one of the busiest teams this yeah. offseason. Um Nick Williams at defense, Danny Shelton, uh, Desmond Trufant, of course. They traded away Darius Slade to the Eagles. They then signed Reggie Raglan, Elijah Lee. They also signed Geronimo Allison from an in-division team of the Packers. They brought in Jamie Collins, Nick Williams. I mean, this defense hopefully is being built in a way to help out, or is it just, hey, we've lost these guys, let's replace them here and kind of hope for some similar production, if not more. But – it's just kind of a hard spot for the Lions because Matt Stafford is just injured. Your your receiving weapons they're good, but they're not the best. T.J. Hawkinson is a rookie. Hopefully this next year he breaks out. But a lot of it's just the defense. We've seen that they're pretty much going to go after Jeff Akuda unless they trade out of it to acquire more and make moves that way. Um, Trees, what are your thoughts on what they did this offseason? Does Jeff Akuda help that much for next season and their performance, or are they kind of sitting at the bottom of their division once more? Yeah, so you're right. They have been active. I love the Danny Shelton signing. I think that that helps to plug up the middle a lot. And I love the Reggie Raglan pick. Not because I think Reggie Raglan's this amazing player, but it's to teach Jared Davis how to be a linebacker. Like, he has struggled since coming into the NFL. Um, He's actually been a, a lot better, like, rusher than what he gets credit for. I will say that. But, like, he just needs help, like, being, like, an overall linebacker um at, at all asset aspects of the game and i think that raglan can do that so uh, i think that that's a big signing uh yeah they're gonna i mean it's almost certain at this point that they're gonna sign uh or draft akuda unless somehow somebody at two picks 
another quarterback and then all of a sudden chase young is there and then all hell breaks loose but um this one's tough like i i literally can't tell you like where i think they're gonna end because this division is stacked it is just so good like let's not forget packers two seed in the nfc if people think that they were a good two seed or not like they it is what it is they were 13 and three uh minnesota made the playoffs uh given they're not looking as hot this year. I mean, in my opinion, they I think they've just lost a lot of pieces. So let's see what they do during the draft. But losing Diggs is huge. Uh, losing Everett's huge on the defensive side. Like that that you named what two defensive backs, Madison and uh, Waynes, that were yeah. on that team that went to the Bengals. Both of those guys. So like they lost their depth at that position. So I could see the Vikings maybe taking a step back, but then we have the Bears, and they were the favorites heading into last season in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. So, um, like, this division is just really tough. If you had, if, you know, gun to my head, I would say they're, they probably end up third in the division, but it's like they were in the battle for two the entire way, and maybe at the end of the season they just lose one to drop to third, but, like, them in the second team is, like, they're basically the same team. So, um, but I also could see them like being that second team in the division and, and maybe making the playoffs. Like this team can be talented enough if they make uh, the right moves in the draft. And Akuda is a great way. Um, you have Trufant and Akuda. Those are two very, very good corners. Yeah. I mean, that there's, there's your help of secondary, but the big hit is just going to putting everything together to work fluently. Uh, yes. honestly, for that team, especially within that division like you touched up on. Let's go ahead and get to the Giants, picking fourth. This is kind of where things get a little crazy. What are the Giants doing at four? They're taking Isaiah Thomas – or Isaiah Simmons. I just said Thomas. Isaiah Simmons, for sure. Like, I think that 100%. they need – 100%. They're not going offensive line. I mean, obviously they need it, but I kind of just feel like they're just like, this guy can help our defense in so many ways – that it's worth it and we can figure out the offensive line in round two like we have an early second round pick let's hope that like that tier two of linemen don't start falling until the second round because it it, there's a clear divide right there's like three or four guys in offensive line that you would call tier one that you know are going in basically the top 15 and then there's everybody else so um, I think that like an Austin Jackson, for example, would be like a guy that they I'm sure they'd want in the second round. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so they franchise tag Leonard Williams. Good to keep him on the defensive line. Speaking of them helping out there, they've brought in James Bradbury, a corner, Blake Martinez, a linebacker. They brought in another tight end. They've brought in some more edge, more offensive tackle. They brought in Colt McCoy for a backup uh, and then Nate Ebner as a safety Nothing really seems to be that huge uh, aside from James Bradbury and Blake Martinez. Other than that, it's been kind of a quiet offseason for them. Uh, You bring in Simmons to that defense, I think that helps out a lot. But, man, do you think they trade back and just go for a receiver? Or do you think they're fine with Slayton and Tate and Ingram? I think that they're fine with it. I think Slayton was fantastic. I think they were very happy with Tate once he came back from suspension. 
And then uh, you still have Shepard there, who was going to be their number one, but he missed a ton of the season. And then, yeah, and then you have Evan Ingram. But, I mean, there's been reports that they are looking to trade Evan Ingram. I don't think that that's actually going to happen. But, oh, wow. uh, but I think that's a, a very good offensive side. Plus, obviously, you have Barkley. Of course, so, yeah. Right? So, I mean, I, that's weapons at every phase of the offense for Daniel Jones. So, I don't – I see it offensive line – and then defense, the rest of the draft. Like, that's kind of the way I see it. Like, the O-line is the only real position I think that they need. I'm not saying they're not going to draft a wide receiver because, I mean, that's just the reality is most teams take at least one. Um, but I don't think that they'd take one in the first two rounds. Okay. All right, then. All right, all right. Uh, where do you think they end up division-wise? I mean, clearly Cowboys and Eagles are at top. Are they sitting pretty at third while the yeah. Redskins are still figuring things out? I think I think that's reasonable. How about you? Yeah, I think that's honestly pretty fair. At fifth, the Miami Dolphins. Who are they taking? They taking Tua? They taking Herbert? Or are they saying, "Fuck it, we're going back. Give me some picks." Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, they <laughs> they've done fantastic this free agency, right? Like we've talked oh about it numerous times, and they've really killed it. And you wonder, do they go? Wonder what we've killed it so much that like maybe we just continue to do it during the draft and just like load up on the rest of the team and then next year go quarterback. I mean, that's, I think is maybe the smart route to go, but let's be realistic. They have a top five pick. They have three first rounders. They're going to find a way to trade up and get their guy. So I think that they do end up in trading up and getting their guy. Um, the question I mean, is, is I, this, is this a draft where you get your guy and a quarterback where there are too many questions? I think there's too many questions, but I mean, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, people draft these guys early every single year. Right. So the question is, do I stick to my guns of what I said during the senior bowl of, I still, I believe that Herbert is the second overall quarterback taken and it's to the dolphins. Um, and I'm I going to, you should. I think I, you should. I, I'm going to, I, I do. I just kind of think that they're going to fall in love with his attributes and I think he's going to be like, hey, this is very Patriot-esque of like, hey, he fits the mold of, is he this tall? Does he have this this yeah. arm strength? Blah, blah, blah. You've talked about that numerous times, that they have this requirements. And if you don't hit these, like you're just not on the draft board. The Dolphins are probably doing the same thing. And so, yeah, I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to say that they do probably try to trade up to three. And I think it's for Herbert and not Tua. Love it. Let's go ahead and go through what they've done this offseason. They've brought in Byron Jones, cornerback. They went and signed Kyle Van Noy. They brought in Jordan Howard, uh, running back. They signed Emmanuel Ogba, a guy who was quietly very productive on the Chiefs' defense last season before he got injured. They also went and signed Shaq Lawson. Holy smokes, Eric Flowers, long offensive line. Uh, they went and signed another safety, another center, uh, a linebacker, another linebacker. I mean, these guys – they stayed busy and then they did another safety. I mean, so they have depth in the secondary and along the offensive line. Their linebackers quietly one of the best linebacking cores in the league. Their defensive line, they clearly just upped that. And if they somehow end up with another defensive end in this draft, or excuse me, in this offseason, if they go after a clowny, which I don't think they have any money to, anyways, at this point. But at the fifth pick, you take Herbert. And you put him up with Parker and then Mike Gusecki, a line or excuse me, a tight end that I thought was going to have a big year last year. 
I really think he just got screwed with the quarterback situation because they really didn't know what they were doing besides they're going, hey, this isn't working. Let's just tank. We'll figure it out in the draft. We got a ton of money. Let's figure some stuff out this offseason. Looks like they've done pretty well so far. I can't wait to see what they do in the draft. Trees, where are they at in their division? Do, are they above the Patriots? Uh, the Patriots are a team. They've lost Tom Brady. Is Jarrett Stidham the answer? I think Buffalo wins that division next year. I think the Jets, they've just screwed this free or this free agency period. I don't think they've anything that they thought might go their way went the exact opposite. So that sucks for them. So are the Dolphins? Let's say they figure this out at quarterback. Are they sitting at two and three in the division? Two or three spot in the division? Yeah, they are for sure. Um, I still think that I I'm just never gonna doubt Bill Belichick even without Brady. So like I'm still gonna put him at two and. They probably end up with like nine and seven and like are fighting for a playoff spot. Like, so, um, yeah, I'm going to put them at three right behind. And I agree. Bills win the division. Patriots probably in second and then uh, Dolphins at three. And again, all this is probably going to change after the draft and after we start seeing some stuff. But um, where it is at this moment. Yeah, I could see them taking third. Boom. I love it. Look at us. We just went through the top five. Really, out of these, out of the top five here trees, which team do you think has the better season next year? Uh, I will go with the Lions have the most wins out of the top five. I'm going to take the Bengals. The Bengals were second on my list, so I, I'm yep. not going to argue that. So, yep. yep. Cool. All right. Perfect. Okay, well, I hope everybody's doing safe. I hope everybody's, you know, doing what they need to do for their families. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back to our regular schedule most likely next week. Hopefully, we will message everybody, if not, on Twitter and social media. But uh, looks like we're getting back to our normal schedule, which is great. And we'll start breaking down draft prospects and doing some mock drafts. So, thanks again. And tonight, we've been Talking Football.